0: and welcome to Doom or Tome, uh, oh. <laughs> a, a podcast for its three stephens three siblings, writing <laughs> three s- books. <laughs> I mean, both are correct.
1: It's, yeah, yeah, it's not inaccurate.
0: I'm your host, Daryl.
1: I'm Liz.
2: And I'm Ian. And I, I can't tell if you're getting sleepier as
0: these casts go along. Me? No, I'm not getting sleepier. I am tired, though. I'm tired of this book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! We're having the bin! That was so excited about calendars last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are halfway through Nano Remo, and we're supposed to be at around 25,000. And it's everyone's word count. Like, how's everyone doing? I'm at 8,000.
1: I'm at 13,000.
0: Wow. I'm closing in on 12,000. Wow. So it looks like an actual competitive race between Ian and Liz for halfway through Nano <laughs> word count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, halfway through halfway. Yeah. yeah, that's a what I quarter. mean, half of what Nano is supposed to be currently. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, now I'm kind of like in your guys's lane where I'm like, you know, anything it gets you to write is pretty, that's a good, that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> These five words I put down today. Every <laughs> yeah, it's else. like, <laughs> that's
0: not five words I would have done had I not joined. Yeah. So what are all of our books about? Uh, my book is titled I Was My Stalker. And it's about a girl that realizes that the boy that's stalking her is actually her in another body and she has to talk to him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your your description <laughs> subtly changes every time we talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a- I don't know what to cover about this book because there's so many different directions it goes and I'm like She talks to him, but she also talks to a lot of different people It's about herself as much as it is like her friends and him.
1: I feel like sleepy D cast <laughs> is the only way to cast
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know
1: <laughs> My my book is called Millennium for the Macabre and it's about once every millennium, an other is born on this in this spooky fantasy world, and they have to travel around their island to figure out which spooky creatures they should live amongst.
2: And mine is a uh, lore Bible for a fantasy world that continues to not have anything to do with the book I want to read just yet. But we're getting <laughs> you wanna there. Write. You, you want to write? Gonna, sorry, yeah. right. We're getting there, though. <laughs> it's like if you're trying to pump a pump... To like get water out of the ground and you hear it going like <laughs> and you're like, oh, water's coming <laughs> pretty soon. <laughs> Just like no,
1: that. <laughs> only halfway through Nano, but still cured the word.
0: <laughs>
1: uh,
2: you're pretty soon.
0: Alright. So our short term goals for last time, did we hit them? Mine was to finish up my book is split up into ten months. Like its acts are split up into ten months. And mine was to finish December and ideally January. And I wanted to flesh out (laughs) Natalie and Hayden what?
1: I just want you to tell the listeners that you spent the last week not writing and just staring at calendars.
0: (laughs) I am. (laughs) Oh, we're getting there. Yeah, I wanted to flesh out Natalie and Hayden interacting. I finished December, but I did not do anything in January because I got stuck in calendar hell.
2: (laughs) How many many tabs did you have open for calendars?
0: funny (laughs) too uh liz your short-term goal was to get to the city of sallow and do all the events that take place there and then to have them walk to the new city did you hit it
1: no right now they're still in sallow but i have like one part left before they leave so i'm
0: close Mm. real quick is that because
2: a lot more happened there than you thought or you just didn't get to it
1: i just if i had Like, last week, about per day, I was writing 1,400 words, and this week, I was only writing 1,000, so I think if I had been on last week's pace, I would have done it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, which I feel like as Nano goes on, that's always the problem that occurs, is people start to plummet in their words per week. And Ian, your short-term goal was that you wanted to do all your, you said, your prehistory stuff. (laughs) Did you get it done? No. <laughs>
2: All right. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what last week's Ian was even thinking to say that is a goal cuz that's way too much.
1: He was really confident.
2: I guess he was. <laughs>
1: you were channeling do. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, I guess I was.
1: There is only book writing.
0: There is <laughs> nothing, nothing else. else. All the words are mine. All right, so let's get into what we actually wrote, and now I'm sitting here, I'm like, you know, if we hit, like, none of our short-term goals ever, I'm like, why even have them?
1: Hey, I hit mine last week, and I was close.
0: That's true. You're you're the closest. You still technically didn't hit it, since you need to step into the new land.
1: Well, I I just really wanted them to be, like, heading there. Traveling.
0: So, what did we write about, and I (laughs) did not write about a lot. I spent a lot of time just doing research and looking at calendars, which I'll explain in a little bit.
2: So wait, wait, wait! I, How much of your description is going to be about calendars? I don't know if I want to hear about calendars.
1: Thirty minutes of the calendars.
0: Quite a bit. Okay. So I had Natalie talk to Dig at the end of a chapter that I had basically already written, where I was what? like, "I need to." Who is that? Dig. Okay.
2: <laughs> is that the main character Jake. of Dig Dug? Oh, okay. Oh, Jake.
0: So there's four characters that are very important to know in the book that are kind of, like, the central to the whole thing. It's Natalie, who is the main character, who is the female version of the stalker. Hayden, who is the male version of the stalker. Jake, who is the boy that Natalie likes. And Gigi, who is Natalie's best friend. And I finish up December, so one of the, the I had, like, a chapter basically written, and then I just wanted to, like, add a bow onto it, like, wrap it up nicely, and at one point... Natalie pulls Jake aside from, like, all the other guys, and she's like, can I talk to you? And then I never wrote what she wanted to talk to him about. So instead, I had her talking to him about a hypothetical about would you change your actions and, like, what you'd do if someone started slipping you letters in your locker? Because that's what she was doing to Hayden. And she was feeling like that's not enough. Because at the end, when January begins, that's when she's like, I need to talk to Hayden. I can't just write him letters. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wrote that and that's like a, a, a paltry like 800 words. And then the big thing that happened is I wrote out the party, the New Year's Eve party that she has at her friend Estelle's house. And that was an interesting case because I went in being like, I'm just going to write about like her missing Jake because he's not there because he goes to Florida to visit his um, parents and relatives. And what naturally started occurring through that is is that she got into an argument with this guy that she doesn't like because he's pretty much, the best way to describe him is like a chauvinistic pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's he's pretty much like the, the asshole jock that everyone knows in school. And so she gets into an argument with him, and then like her friends take her aside, and then she starts to cry over the fact that she actually just really misses Jake. Like it's one of those like really like heated teenage moments where you act all tough, and then the next moment you're just like, I'm just so upset!
1: <laughs> Was there alcohol
0: involved? Yes. <laughs> oh, so, there you go. And then that rolls directly into January 1st of the new year, where she gets resolved to be like, Hey, I should talk to Hayden because so far nothing's gonna change unless I'm the one to do this and to change his life. Is
1: that her New Year's resolution?
0: Yes, and she's also like, And I'm going to date Jake this month. Like things are gonna happen. Like I'm I'm tired of like beating around the bush. Because he's really shy and he also has like a long distance girlfriend that he's known since middle school. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, yeah, it's high school! <laughs> Not the long wow. distance middle school! <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I just wrote one more scene with Natalie and her sister where her sister's like, My friend is being mean. Like, why? Oh, let me. She's. Okay. She talks to her sister. <laughs> it's just, it's like all my thoughts just keep going on my ears. <laughs> <laughs> They're just bubbling into the air and they pop. <laughs> wow, it sounds nice.
1: <laughs>
2: it's not. It sounds uh.
1: relaxing.
2: Do you realize know how many times I've seen Liz, like I can
0: see that happening to her? <laughs>
2: when you just kind
0: to sit there like sleepily. <laughs> mm. She's at home and her sister comes home and her sister's upset and she talks to her about why she's upset and it's because a friend, like her her sister's name is Kay, Kay's best friend threw, threw her muffin onto a floor during lunch. How
1: old is Kay?
0: Kay is, I'm trying to think, she's in eighth grade right now, so oh, it's whatever okay. that age is.
1: That's it, right?
0: Yeah, and she's just like asking, us, like, why, why is she that mean when she's supposed to be like my best friend? Like, why would you do that? And Natalie starts explaining that it's because, like, people get jealous. This is her, like, theory is that people get jealous of you, and that's why they they act so rude to you. And uh, Kay says, seems like an evil thing to do just because you're jealous. And Natalie's narration says, okay, honey, you don't know evil yet. Whoa. I feel like that that really captures the spirit of my book. Like, you're just waiting for the evil to arrive. Hmm. And then uh, that was, like... All of that was in a few days after we had recorded the last podcast, and I just started looking at calendars a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> because like, well, explain this. Why were we looking at so many calendars?
1: For so many days.
0: So basically, I have September to June, which is all the, the months my book takes place, and then there's red dots on each of the days in this calendar of what days I write. And then there's yellow, like I I highlighted spots where I was like, these are days off because I had to look up. It's like, oh, Labor Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day and so on and so forth. And then what happened is I got to a point where it's like, OK, I have I have block scheduling for my school, which is where you have four classes one day and four classes the next day. And I was getting to a point where I was frustrated because I didn't know what classes were coming up on what days Or if things would have to change. Like, for instance, if Natalie goes to her physics class to talk to Hayden, since that's the one class that they're in together, on a Friday and they talk about the weekend, like, I want that to make sense rather than having to sit there and be like, like, if I actually mapped out what the block schedule is, that that day does not exist and they do not actually have that day together. Then I have to change up a whole bunch of different things. Like, for instance, one of the very important things that I have is the day before Halloween, she goes to visit her cousin Trey and before she does that she talks to her her cool friend Lauren and she's like, "Oh, Trey's coming to pick me up. I'm going to a college party." And Lauren's like, "Oh, whoa, I'm so jealous." And she's like, "Yeah." And then during that same chapter, she goes and she gets picked up by Trey and she talks to Trey. So all that stuff needs to happen in the same chapter. So she needs to be picked up like the
2: um <laughs> <laughs>
0: The day before Halloween needs to be a day that she has pre-calculus where Lauren is also in that class. And so this is why I need to do the block scheduling because I need to stop hoping that the days would line up. I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to do it. So I had to do a lot of research about how do block scheduling, like one of my biggest questions is how do you handle a snow day? Like, do you keep going or do you change it so that the next day is the day that it was supposed to be? Like, if an A day was missed, does that become an A day the next day? Or do you just have the whole schedule throughout the whole school year? Yeah. So I was looking that stuff up because my book takes place in uh, Virginia, the Giles region, in 2009 to 2010. And I, I was looking up, like, a weather forecast for the Roanoke region. And I found out that they get a lot of snow. On December 18th. So I had to include that in. Like, that's their one snow day. So I was looking at how a bunch of different schools handle stuff. And then there's also like school years have exactly, not exactly, they have at least 180 days in their year. Well, depending on like the state and everything. Like, Texas, one of their schools had 170. That's Texas, though.
1: (laughs) Everything's bigger, but our school year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was looking up just like Virginia high school credentials, making sure that. The way my my block scheduling makes sense for that, that you can graduate, because you need like 140 hours of a course to get credit for it. I was just having, because no one calendar I looked at had all the information I wanted or needed, and so I had to keep looking around, especially because most of the calendars I gathered before did not have specifically how the school was oriented, whether or not it was traditional like eight, nine blocks every day, or if it was the alternating four by four block schedule. And and plus, it's like I didn't have block schedules for 2009 to 2010, whereas I specifically got a lot of calendars from 2009 to 2010 so I could see, did they take Columbus Day off or not? And I got one specifically from Giles County, like the Giles Public High School, and that one was what I was trying to center a lot of my stuff around. Like, there's days that students have off that teachers do not because it's professional development days where they get together and like they do seminars and then i had to factor that in and i'm like all right what what days does everyone do professional development it's a lot of different days (laughs) now on top of that and then i'm rearranging my days because now it's like now the ninth has to become the 10th now the 20th has to become the 19th instead since i'm like i'm i now have my block schedule like my calendar is all done finally and I actually, I went through, and this, I don't know if this was a little crazy of me to do or not. <laughs> I
1: think having 20 calendar yeah, you are,
0: you are already... well into the well. Okay, I listed out every day that my book takes place in, like every chapter that it has. And I bounce it out so that from the 1st to the 31st, at least every day has one day devoted to it. What? Wait, of every month? No, so... I I took every day that I use like I used the first of this day, I use the eighth of this day, I used the ninth of this day. And I just made sure that every day gets used.
1: Yeah, so like every numeric day within a month is used at some point.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was that
1: was necessary.
0: Well, it was very important for me because this book has a lot of the first of the month and the last of the month, like the 30 and the 31st. Those appear over and over and I was like, I just want to make sure I'm not using the same days because I didn't want to make sure I was being like so repetitive that it's like I always do the first, the last, and then everything's in like a week increment, like 7th, 14th, and 21st. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I was putting in specifically that some days have to take place during like this time. Like Natalie and Hayden's birthdays are actually six, six months apart, but it, they're technically it's like she's on the thirtieth of September and he's on the first of April, so they're actually they're technically closer than if he had been the thirtieth of um, March. I feel like this is really making seem crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing anyone trying to read
2: your book being like, Wait a minute, they're not exactly their birthdays are not exactly half a year apart. Yeah,
1: yeah I was gonna ask, do you think that a lot of people are like going to cross reference if your calendar is accurate or
0: I don't know, but because I don't know, it doesn't mean you should assume no. <laughs> it's sort of like you should always assume just the worst case scenario of everything that you're going to have like people angrily like looking at. Because <laughs> I was thinking, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's I don't like, know about that. This doesn't seem right.
1: Virginia doesn't get this much snow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that was my concern is someone from Giles County, like a teacher would be <laughs> reading this and they'd be like, hold up. <laughs> Yeah, and then, the, like, the 10
2: people in Giles County will be like, wait a minute. And then the rest of the country will be like, oh, well, like,
0: I don't know what happens in Giles County, Virginia. I don't know. I always feel it's more important to do the research and to make sure you have, like, your book is solidified than to just ignore it. But,
2: I mean, to the level where, like, somebody's going to have, a, you know, their calendar would be crossing off, like, he better not repeat any days in <laughs> a 31-day sequence.
0: Goody, hit them all. I can appreciate this I was doing that because I like symbology, and I was trying to figure out on certain... What certain days do, like, these things occur or not? Yeah. Like, I very specifically... At least the calendar-wise, two of the dates have to be the dates... Or technically, four of the dates have to be the dates there because they correlate with each other about what happens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, how Hayden's birthday is one day after hers, I specifically put in there that some she does something terrible and then a, a month later but like a day later day-wise he does something terrible and it's like that kind of symbology I really like and that's why I wanted to like uh work with my story
1: so do you feel like you can actually start writing yeah.
0: no uh, see my next problem is I'm like what are the teacher's syllabuses uh, syllabi like for the classes that Natalie is taking because then later in the year, like, if she's supposed to be doing this in pre-calculus this day, I just want to make sure that that's actually what is happening. Like, I have her Intro to Philosophy course. It's like what they do every month. So I'm like, okay, that's all set. And now I'm like, should I do that for physics as well and world history and pre-calculus? You,
2: you do realize you're getting so granular that the only people that would ever find fault with what you're writing are people who were in that county in high school during <laughs> that
0: year. Technically, my book takes place in a fictional county that just overwrites Giles County.
1: What is what does it matter? <laughs> yeah, especially
0: because
1: I feel like if someone's getting this in-depth, then they're going to find fault in the book anyway.
2: I mean, I, I know I'm saying this, but, like, it seems like the calendar stuff was, you said was helping because it was, like, setting things in stone that you can now start basing aspects of the book around. So if this continues to mm-hmm. help you
0: have, like, a firm foundation of what to do in writing, like, go for it. It does. Okay. Like, this isn't, this isn't just me, like, making sure it's, like, I'm crossing my T's and dotting my I's. It's, like, if I want to give the book a moment break between just her always talking about her friends and be, like, what did I do in class today? It's very important to know what are they covering in class rather than just making it up, like, uh, she just learned about derivatives when she should be, like, far beyond that or she should be at that point in mid, um, like, May. I mean, May's pretty late to be doing that. They should be cramming. Oh, my God. How do you know that (laughs) from the calendars? (laughs) (laughs) Just in general. (laughs) And the reason I started doing this was because specifically I didn't know what day it was when I was like, she has to go and talk to Hayden. (laughs) Because it's split up into block days A and B. (laughs) She sees Hayden at the end of one of the days, like in class, that he's in the class there with her. And then on every other day on the A days when she has no classes with Hayden, they meet. And that's when she starts talking to him. So I really need to know what days does she just see him in the class and what days does she actually go and talk to him. Hmm. Because like I was getting into the chapters where she need to go and talk to him, and I'm like, well then shouldn't I know again, like if it's before a weekend or something. Okay. <sighs> so I so I haven't been doing a lot of writing, but I've just been looking it up. I guess a syllabus is a syllabi or next.
1: So once you figure out that
0: Are you gonna write? who knows Wow. i would think you would but okay <laughs> all right so liz let's actually let's get into more interesting stuff that isn't just calendar
2: <laughs> yeah, but that my, was 20
0: minutes of calendars
1: my book doesn't even have a calendar so uh i think the last thing i had said on last week's podcast was that they were walking to solo it's tonguesworth who's this feeder that is a scientist and left Salo at one point in his life and moved to where the Gordish lived. And he's guiding Louie, who's my protagonist, the other that was born. Mm-hmm. And they're also bringing along a young feeder who's named Isabella. And she was just born and now they're all walking there. And I think that they were walking by that giant graveyard and he was explaining the plague times of Salo and how a bunch of people died and are all buried there.
2: Yeah, even I remember that.
1: (laughs) And so uh, they walk for a little bit longer and then they arrive at the gates because Salo is a city that's surrounded by a giant wall that they built to keep everyone out because they think other people make or other creatures make them sick. And they basically tell them that the other Louis can come in and so can the Younglin Isabella, but Tongsworth can't come in because, according to them, Younglins, which are like the children of this world, can't be infected, so they can still come inside the gates. But once an adult leaves, they're banished forever. Mm -hmm. So he can't come inside. But so the two of them go inside immediately and Louis and Isabella are separated. So a group of feeders take isabella one way and take louis the other way and then it just follows louis and so he i don't, I don't know if i have mentioned too but this story is written first person i don't know if i mm-hmm. ever mentioned that so it's no
0: from, you haven't
1: oh uh, well it's from his perspective so they bring louis into this little building in an alleyway and they basically perform a cleansing ritual on him because they want to make sure that he's clean because they're really obsessed with germs and infections mm-hmm And then after that, they take him to meet the Grand Majesty, which is the leader of this group that's called the SOS, and they are called the saviors of Salo. And basically after the plague times, they rose up and were like, hey, we can protect you from this ever happening again, from like a bunch of people being wiped out. And so they're the ones that built the wall. They basically have a totalitarian rule over the city now.
0: Did they like overthrow the government that was in charge of Salo before?
1: Yeah, it was one of those things, well, it was one of those things where when people were so frightened immediately after all the aftermath, they turned to, in desperation, basically to this radical group.
0: Yeah, the revolutionaries. (laughs) Yep. Not what our problem is, it's other people. Yeah.
1: And so he goes and meets the leader of them, and the leader of them is having this giant dinner that's full of a bunch of other members of the SOS, and the dinner's is weird and the grand majesty is really pompous and rude Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh at the end of it they they like have some dialogue and serve them some odd food and then at the end of it Louis basically determines that Salo, just from the way that he's been treated in the last two days, is not going to be his home. And he says that he came here with Isabella and he wants to know where she is so he can make sure that she's in a good home. And the Grand Majesty takes great offense and is like, you need to leave the city right now. Mm-hmm. And so he has guards that are escorting Louis out and eventually he evades them and like gets separated from them in various ways. And so... Where I am right now is that he's alone wandering the city streets and then there's a lot of homeless people in Salo because they are running out of food because they've locked all the gates and they don't trade with anyone anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's a ton of homeless people, there's drunk people all the time everywhere and beggars And he's walking along the streets and trying to find if anyone knows where basically like young feeders are taken at first when they first enter the city. And no one will talk to him because they think that he's going to make them sick. And eventually this old woman feeder that's basically a homeless lady comes up to him and says that she will take him to where the young feeders are taken. If once they get there, she can eat a piece of him because she's so hungry. (laughs) And he agrees.
0: Oh, (laughs)
1: So now they're walking together and she's kind of more or less telling him some more about the city and its downfall.
0: Yeah, she's like the, I've been around before S.O.S. took over. Yeah. What do people get drunk on?
1: <laughs> it's not really defined. It's like they have blood bars, and but blood isn't necessarily alcoholic. So I guess it would be like perhaps they ferment the blood somehow.
2: Ooh, okay. Has his hood come off yet?
1: Yeah. He had had to take it off during the cleansing ritual and people were frightened or disturbed. And then Mm. he also ended up taking it off in order to get rid of one of the last guards.
0: Oh, to like scare him away?
1: Yeah. And then he, as he was, he took off his cloak and was staring at the guard and he started feeling a tickle in his brain and the guard started going mad.
0: Oh no man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He is an eldritch abomination <laughs> So you're still having fun writing the story and everything?
1: Yeah. I, I feel pretty much the same as I did last week. It's still still chugging along, it's going good.
0: Well I noticed since yeah, since you're at like thirteen thousand, it's like very clearly <laughs> Way better than last year. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like we don't need to prod you to be like, Hey Liz. <laughs> Are She's, you gonna run? Should
2: do something. what do you have coming up next for the story
1: uh so next they are going to they actually just arrived at basically the house where isabella was taken to and so i have to get through him resolving with this beggar lady however he gets out of the situation because she wants to eat some of him (laughs) and then i also have to resolve him finding isabella and all of that and then after that they're going to start leaving and heading to charnel which is the city of the hollow which are my skeleton people and yeah the feeders just in case anyone forgot are like vampire zombie combination so they constantly just have bones sticking out or are missing limbs and have fangs and stuff
2: have they seen uh, any
0: hollow people yet?
1: No, because the feeders don't allow anyone, like no other creatures are allowed inside.
0: They haven't seen them like on the road while walking to Sallow?
1: Nope. They didn't, They actually didn't pass by anyone on the road. Are the
0: hollow like the thrown
2: out people from the feeder place? Because now they're just all used up?
1: No, the hollow always had their own.
0: Yeah, they had their own thing that come out of the Gordish.
1: Yeah. They have their own situation.
0: they're they as liz described them they're the s- drifters <laughs> yeah and they try <laughs> and steal, steal bodies skin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god that's right okay <laughs> that'll be interesting because i feel like with um at least the way you were describing sallow that seemed like a very easy place to write about because you can write about what life is like inside the city and then like as you did like what the government is like like why they're doing this and people like waxing on about the the purge that they had to do and them building the wall and stuff whereas i you didn't describe anything that's going to happen at charnel or the witch's capital yeah and so those are going to be like i feel like completely new stories whereas here when you're describing it's like it's all stuff i definitely want to like read about and see but it's not stuff where i'm like like this sounds crazy other than that woman wanting to eat him <laughs> <laughs> which would make sense if you're starving and just like a new thing shows up and you're a vampire you're like ah. <laughs> She's hungry. Yeah, if you're starving, you're starving. (laughs) Hey, now that we're on the
2: third podcast, can you give us a hint about what is under the guy's hood?
0: Oh my god, (laughs) she said this is the one thing she's not gonna spoil. (laughs) Is
2: is it an established (laughs) creature from any fiction ever? Yes.
0: Okay, that's all I wanted to
1: know. Yeah, I feel like it's not.
0: It's not like a huge like twist.
1: Yeah, I feel like people that are unfamiliar will be confused but i feel like anyone that's aware of it will be like oh
0: i mean it's not like a werewolf or anything yet
1: no i definitely give hints though
0: oh i so far i'm still betting it's a gorgon except it makes you mad (laughs) you're leading the pack liz
1: yeah surprisingly
0: yeah an interesting story going on it's the most conventional whereas me and ian are just like spinning our wheels and looking up stuff because i was talking to ian last night while i was in calendar land and i was like so how much have you done it's like oh i've done a couple hours and written about like two three hundred words
1: yeah and it's funny because you actually want to publish your book and then ian wants to this to lead to him publishing a
0: book
1: <laughs> so i was like yeah. i don't know
0: what well, i feel like yours th- that could definitely be worth like selling and stuff it's I don't know what I'm thinking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: because
0: it's like, that's...
2: Um... Man, you got to leave all these pauses in, but do a
0: sound effect over it that is like a <laughs> actual... <laughs> it sounds like like being passionate about a story and being excited to write it often translates into actually like producing interesting material that people, like, when you see that passion in a work... Mm-hmm. like a product you're like oh this is really cool And i feel like maybe you could actually get this published too although again i don't read a lot so i don't know a lot of other books like it i'm sure they exist yeah even if this is like an, a non-traditional because i know i i was gonna be like i think horror is one of the top five but i don't i'm not certain about that this isn't really horror
2: though isn't it isn't it kind of like a fantasy and like a halloween horror themed land
1: yeah like a book that i'd imagine people read close to halloween but not because they want to be scared but just because it's like tim burton's work how you just enjoy that Mm -hmm. fantastical yeah that's
2: what i keep thinking this sounds like a seasonal work yeah
1: Mm. i listen to strange accordion music while i write (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: i gotta get in the
2: mood Guess we all have our muses. <laughs> One is strange, recording music. The other's
0: calendars from some. I'm not like <laughs> I'm obscure looking at calendars. Virginia County <laughs> calendars to get juiced to write. Also, it's not that obscure. It's in the West. I specifically chose it because it has a high white population, so the racism can be like explained.
1: West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not. It's on like the border of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, should we see what Ian wrote?
2: All right, so a little outside of the cast. So last week, I, was, I had family coming into town. And I was like, oh, this is great because they're coming in and then they'll leave because they were go, all going somewhere. And I'm like, they don't have a ton of time to write. But turns out they hung around for a lot longer than I thought. So I had, <laughs> I had five full days where I did not have a second to myself. Okay. Oh, wow. So Throw, I
0: thrown the in-laws <laughs> under the bus. I have.
2: So I only had two two days where I could even possibly write. And then next week I work 7 days in a row until Thanksgiving. So
0: <laughs> And then the in-laws are actually coming back. Yes, and then they come back.
1: I would also like to say that from doing nano twice as a full-time student and once as working full-time, it is way harder when you're working full-time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because when you're working as, like, the student, you don't have to spend all, the, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week actually doing the work. Yeah, and then you're not tired. I was going <laughs> to say,
2: yeah.
1: after class, I'm still able to write, whereas after work, I was like, I just want to
0: die. Yep. Yep. It's the holidays, so it's the worst time of year for me. <laughs> all right, so Ian, what is your last writing session? What did you do for it? <laughs> all right, so so since
2: last time, I have had only one writing session. And if I remember right where I left off was I had gotten up to the point where both of the gods had retreated from each other, and I was going mm-hmm. to have to introduce all the children of V. Mm-hmm. The 100 children. Because V can procreate and Do cannot. Yes, and then when Do attacked V... It destroyed 44 of them, only leaving 100 of the little
0: egglings left.
1: Is there a reason why you chose the number? Oh, it was 144 Fibonacci? Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, it's, uh, I'm I'm crazy over here scheduling my calendar, but <laughs> hey, this guy's hey, putting the Fibonacci you, sequence. You know and how long it
2: took me to look up that Fibonacci sequence stuff? It was like 10 minutes.
1: He's putting it into stuff no one will ever read, too.
2: <laughs> That's just where I'm getting these numbers from. Yeah. So if anyone asks if they mean anything, I can go like, I can just wink at the cameras and stuff. You'll never yeah. know.
1: <laughs> On Dr.
2: Phil. Oh, no. He's like, Ian, you have not written any books ever. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, Dr. Phil? It's
1: all right here. And then all your notes are just that blank,
2: gibberish blank that you
1: can't read.
2: <laughs> all right. So after that, I, I, the whole time that I was at work and everything and everyone was here, I just kept thinking in my head, I'm like, I gotta figure out. I because everything so far is just stuff that's informing stuff, but this is the first time I was gonna actually start writing and introducing characters that could show up in actual stories. Because mm-hmm. after the like the big war or whatever, I was gonna have most of the one hundred die, and I was only gonna have like. Remember, I was like trying to come up with a number. I think of people left. Big war. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, after they divide, all the kids are gonna grow up. And then they're going to get super mad and go attack Dew as a revenge. Because Dew is creating life that does not have the gift. So they're like weird soulless automatons of creation. So they're just monsters, basically. And so after they fight, that's when you're going to have, like, V's going to die. And then Dew's going to get the power. And then all the kids are going to have to come together, the remaining kids of V. And they're going to have to join together to try to take them down. And so these 12 kids of V are going to live on beyond the looping of time and then the breaking of the loop of time.
0: Yeah, they're going to be, like,
2: eternal. Yes, they're going to live on. So I I was, like, I was struggling because I was, like, i got to come up with these characters because they're going to last and I have to actually have real characters that, like, make sense. And so I was talking to someone at work who was also doing NaNo, and uh, they gave me a really good idea in that we started talking about – like mythological gods and even like the Christian God and talking about how much the society of the people influenced what their gods were like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I was like that's great I'll have to and I'm just thinking in my head I'm like I'll have to base all my my 12 gods then on aspects of America because I want America to be the basis for this so Wait, I-
1: how and how many do you have because you said that there were a hundred children of V? And then there's first. the
2: huge war with Do, and then only twelve live. Okay. Because I, I'm not gonna make up a hundred gods.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, wait a minute.
2: Well, and that's why last night I started. I started by like just making up names. So I did make up eighty-eight names that I'm just gonna like. Oh, and then Vaughn died. And then Uwa died. And then Nur died. Wait,
0: why is it twelve gods, not thirteen? 13? 13's the Fibonacci number. Well. There, there is a thirteenth, but the thirteenth, is... <gasps> okay. but, no, but the
2: thirteenth, what? The thirteenth dies, but also keeps living on through one of the gods. You'll see. Oh, okay. there
1: were secrets. <laughs>
0: Fibonacci secrets. <laughs> Fibonacci secrets. All right. So basically, Do you I you plan on using every Fibonacci number like I used every day of a month? No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> see, this is what I look for, and then you're gonna have crazy people like me looking for this. <laughs> oh, like like the worst, the Thirteenth God. Fibonacci. Yeah, or he, you know, he skipped twenty-one. <laughs> Why did he skip twenty-one? And
1: D, D becomes fluent in your language.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, your conjugation on this verb
2: is technically incorrect here. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the guy who gets up when I'm at, like, Comic-Con and starts speaking to me in Klingon, except yeah. it's my language. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, man. It's so fake. And
0: these are the people you got to be prepared to deal with.
2: Oh, no. So anyway, so all I wrote was I started making up the 12 gods. And so tell me if you guys agree, I did a bunch of research into what – the key aspects of American culture that I wanted to take. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, a lot of the res- best resources I found are, like, resources for new immigrants to basically be like, hey, here's what America's oh. about so that you guys can easily, like, you know, adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So the first god is Rea. So I'm doing the, the do and V are two letters, and then these ones are three. Kind of like, you know. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Letters for the gods. So uh, Rhea is the god of time and efficiency, which is the fact that in America we value time above all other things, which is, you know, if you're, like, late for work, you'll be like, I gotta go. I mean, I'd say probably capital and money is pretty American. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, time is money. That is a concept that we have in America.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think America, I think money first. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you ruined in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So this, the second god is uh, Uta, and that is the god of life. Is this like fertility? No, life is in like a right to life. Oh, okay. Oh. Again, like very American. Um, Una is oh. the god of the right. And th- that's what I have written down is like, these are all like inalienable rights that these gods represent towards basically sold beings. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So Una is the uh, the god of the right to happiness. Uh, mm-hmm. Ve is the god to the right to the right of privacy. <laughs> no, again, mm-hmm. you have to imagine how are you would you make a god
0: that was about the right to privacy? I it, don't. Know. It's yeah, really like, hard. Did, I'm did, having to know? think so abstract for this stuff. <laughs> what would they value? What are they like?
2: Yes. Yeah. Stay away from me. Key <laughs> is the god of. Um, that life should be competitive.
1: Oh, there we go. There's one.
2: Well, and, and that's in the whole, like, you know, if things are too easy, like, clearly you're not trying hard enough. Like, that kind of stuff, I work intel there. Um, Evie mm-hmm. is the right to equality.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Rika... Now one of the questions I have like regarding equality because I read a lot of like leftist sources and critiques on America that there's a lot of people are it's like America was founded on colonialism which means America was founded on inequality and slavery. I wonder are you going to work those kind of things in or are you looking at America like you're basing the and mythology idealized? on yeah the rosy idealized it's, aspects. It's Or is something like The equality god is actually going to be the god that owns, like, that allows people to enslave others. Because they're like, well, they're not equal.
2: It's going to be where some of the gods are going to represent and actually still represent what the ideal is. And Mm -hmm. some of the gods, as time has gone along, have started to morph what they believe in to more reflect some of the bad aspects of America.
0: Okay, so th- like their values aren't necessarily immutable. Like they that they, they yeah. actually do change. And this is going to start
2: to show some of the conflicts because you have some of the gods that are like, you know, basically like staunchly about something and other, other ones yeah, are like Yeah, it's like
0: life. You everyone deserves life or privacy. <laughs> right. And so
2: my life god, the way I have it written, the life god's completely like out of it because of the like everything that's happened. It like couldn't handle
1: so much destruction?
2: they just like, couldn't handle trying to maintain the balance between what life is defined as. Because life is like, is it the good and the bad? Is it just the good? Is it just the bad? Mm-hmm. And basically, so many people were always playing with those things. It, it was just like, I'm out. And it's just okay. abandoned. It's thrown. Oh. So, I mean, stuff like that. Okay, let me just keep going through these. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. So Rika is the uh, the god of directness or informality, which from the number one thing that you see on um, a lot of these uh, immigration helpful websites is basically like in America everyone's super direct with what they say. If you (laughs) ask them to do something, they're normally like, "No, I don't have time to do that." Instead of being polite and being like, "Okay, I'll do it," Mm -hmm. and we're also super informal. We you know we we use slang all the time. You know even. Obviously even like the president can be informal. There is no like, you know
0: Yeah. Yeah, we can we can talk to someone by going, Hey you
2: Yeah, and you can talk to anyone, you can talk to a billionaire. Well, excuse me the same sister. way that you could talk to someone like living, you know, Yeah, like we don't have honorifics or anything. No. Okay,
0: but again, how would you make a god based on that? It's so <laughs> weird.
1: Does he just talk in slang all the time? <laughs> I, I
0: was gonna say this sounds like the god that's like the party or where they just go and they just hang out they like talking to people and like like getting into scuffles,
2: and then I have um, Gru. It's mom's favorite. The god. <laughs> god of mobility, change, and progress, which is basically the right to be able to move geographically, economically, or socially, in an in effort to progress. I have uh, not. I have not written that god yet. So I, don't know what I was gonna say, it. talk about a god that's probably gonna
0: change. <laughs> um, the god. That's that's, a, that's another thing. A lot of people could would potentially argue is a mostly like a fallacy. In America, is that you, you have to be born with certain specifics to move up the social strata. Oh, and I mean, again, you can imagine if in an ideal celestial
2: world, a god that would do that would have a certain belief, and then when the world starts being put into practice, mm-hmm. it would become pretty disillusioned with...
0: Yeah, and I can see that maybe, like, potentially... Their, their reality or their belief, like it does exist in the real world. It's just that other gods would circumvent and override that. Right. Because,
2: like, how do you have, like, the god of equality and the god of, like, competition existing in the same world? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you would need to have, like, haves and have-nots to have them pitted against each other to see who truly competitive is. Yeah. Top and then of the they're, they're not equal. Yep. Exactly. Well, and so writing all these and, like, coming up with this stuff has helped me establish, like, more complex relationships between these gods like which gods are out of the picture which gods are actually sided with the bad guy which Mm -hmm. gods are like almost like, like I called them a third party because they're they hate the way that all the gods keep interfering. It's spoiler. Yeah, it, it's, the, we're the it's green the, party. It's the self-governance guy because he's basically like, "Listen, these guys can take care of themselves. Why do we keep stepping in?" <laughs> yeah, the libertarian god. <laughs> he essentially is. Yeah. Um then I have Dro, the god of representation and self-governance.
0: Hey, speaking yep. of which, um I have Rico, the god of uh personal does, Wait, does Dro get along with the privacy god a lot? <laughs> Um, is I wonder almost how you differentiate those two things if you have one that's like everyone deserves their own things unless like privacy doesn't necessarily mean that they're like isolationist. Well,
2: what I have is privacy has been bastardized to mean secrecy. Okay. Because the thing is, is like if one person's privacy is another person's like, oh, you're keeping secrets. And so that's kind of what I'm using for it. So the the privacy god is actually kind of frowned upon. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um I have Rico it's the the god of personal control over the environment as in 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 America we don't really believe in fate. We believe the fate is in your hands. You you
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's like that like one. not even the land controls you manifest destiny. Right, and
2: when I say like yeah. environment I mean like you know your your situation. <laughs> Which
0: again is a
2: that's going to be a big Oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be like. There's a lot of stuff
1: on this back. Seems contradictory with how religious America
0: is. I mean, these are these, are all, the things, Lord's these are all things. These are all things I am gonna work in. God gives you free will to make your own decisions.
1: But I thought that whenever things happen, people. This is derailing. But I thought whenever things happen, people are like, "Well, it's part of God's plan."
0: <laughs> it is too. <laughs> but free because will. <laughs> God Himself is kind of like paradoxical, he can be both. It can be both His plan and also you have the free will not to go along with His plan. But if He kills you, it was His plan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have I have two more. I have Rom.
2: It, it's the god of liberty. Basically, mm-hmm. the people are, are supposed to be free, which that I, that one I don't know how I'm going to do. That one I think I'm going to have be like a hippie one <laughs> because I okay. have it under its creations tab that it made all unthinking life, basically plants and fungi and stuff like that. I was
0: almost thinking if it's liberty, it should be wanting people to do like as much as possible or to do a, try out and experiment with a lot of different things. Oh, maybe you're talking about the god Tuck that is the god of work ethic. Uh. Okay, wait. I I have one god I'm wondering about. How come you don't have a god of individualism? Because that is one of America's strongest suits, too. Is that we're not like a collectivist state like a lot of other nations are. I mean, that kind of goes in with informality as well. But we are very individualistic where it's like, you are your own man. You are not part of a society... You know, you can go out there and achieve your dreams. Are you talking about the god Uda, who is the 13th and dead <gasps> god? Oh. Is, is, is Uda individualism? Yes, but Uda is dead. Oh, oh no. Wow, wow. <laughs> what kind of statement are you making there? <laughs> well, but the thing is, is Uda is dead, but Una has
2: taken up the, uh, Una, the goddess of happiness, has taken up the mantle of individualism.
0: Wow. Mm. So wait, is, was Una one of the gods you described before?
2: Yes. Okay. And so Una, I think I'm going to have like actually have a character thing where Una is kind of like bipolar or something and like is constantly wearing the skin okay. of Uda. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So you like know, ver- I, was,
0: I was just going to ask if you have the God of happiness and individualism together, you're almost making a statement there where it's like you're happiest as an individual, which is like very anti-collectivist. But then, if you're doing something like that, I'm like, okay, never mind. That is like a, that can be a critique of individualism as well, where it's like you're trying to be happy by wearing it, the skin, yeah. right? And then that's that's all the aspects that I had.
2: No, again, there could be other aspects of America that I didn't use, but those gods died off. Like
0: flags. I think that's I think that's a pretty good. <laughs> 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 the, the god of flags. <laughs> the god of patriotism. We got a barbecues. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good, like the the idealized what America should be, like the the beacon in the dark type of a argument that uh, America purports itself to be. Needing a god of itself.
1: democracy and capitalism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, like I said, I I'm working not necessarily like directly a critique of America because I, if I just do just America, it's gonna be really noticeable but i'm doing some stuff that it kind of deals with how the gods conflict with each other and how they don't really work together well
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah where they run up up against each other a lot of the times if you're like i want to be individualistic but also like charity that could be tough to do
2: yeah and and so so far the only one i have really um as a bad guy is the uh the god of competitiveness yeah Mm -hmm.
0: makes sense who
2: yeah survival of the fittest so. Yeah, because
0: they wouldn't be like, "Well, we gotta take care of the orphans." Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> and it, you say that they're working with the big bad. Is that big bad do Yes. Okay.
2: But it's it's unclear as of right now what how much is do's will and how much is Key, the God of Competitiveness. Hmm. Okay.
0: Um. During your spooky wagon ride story, uh huh. <laughs> was Nettie bringing them to one of the reborn gods? This this is all brand new stuff, so I would have to
2: rewrite all of that. Just like I have um, the one God. Let me get down to it. Of Rico, R C O is going to be my Marco character from my kid's book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to totally revamp that because I can't have him be one of like you know a bunch of them because that wouldn't make sense. So.
0: Okay. I was just trying to see if you had, like, fitted in there. Because I remember you saying Ooh. that Nettie was bringing them to a big bad who served an even bigger bad. And so I just kept thinking the biggest bad is due, obviously. Yeah. And then I was wondering if the, one the ones under, like, are these gods going to be big figures in these stories or will they be still set so far back that they're barely noticeable?
2: Well, and that's what I was saying earlier today to Liz was I was saying I'm starting to get worried because I feel like. The characters I've made up for these gods and how they've changed over time is so good that I'm starting to feel like maybe they shouldn't just be relegated to the back. They should Mm -hmm. actually be a set of characters. Yeah. Well, and with with my book series, which is kind of like the universe is called Kith and Kin, the Kin are the gods and the Kith are essentially like humans and all humanoid races. And so I could have two groups going at the same time if I wanted to. That'd be that'd be a lot. Yeah. Sounds like you still got a lot of planning to do. I do. And, again, I could say so much more about all these gods. It's cool, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay.
0: Podcast. All right. So let's wrap this up with what are our short-term goals for next time. If we fail to hit these, maybe we'll just ditch <laughs> short-term goals. I'm just trying to give, like, every the listener's... The what we're aiming for and what we're trying to write and stuff. So it's not just like, we're just going to be writing more. Like, for me, I want to finish January, please, for the love of God. It's been my short-term girl since the beginning. jeez. Uh, <laughs> the God of proficient time management help <laughs> raya help me i think i think i could technically it's tough because like i could overshoot and say like i want to finish um february as well but i still i'm halfway i'm like five thousand words in january i just want to get it done what's your what's your goal is
1: uh, my short-term goal for next week is to have them <laughs> what what
0: this is this is such a decide When I was editing the podcast the other time, you said "growl."
1: It's hard. Two it's
0: other it, times, yeah, a, you keep saying my short term growl.
1: It's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> my short term growl. <laughs> For next week is uh now you distracted me to have <laughs> them <laughs> to finish off in solo and then have them go to charnel and get everything done in charnel and then mm-hmm. have them be done there
0: yeah i figured and then the week after that's gonna be the witch city i'd imagine
2: <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> what about you ian you're the most interesting one to probably like what is happening next Oh, I plan on finishing my Pantheon of
2: Gods, and then I might hop over to do the bad guys. What would you have to do for the bad guys? So, I had, somebody at work had a really good idea that said that when, during the attack, remember how 44 of the things died and flew mm-hmm. off into space? He was saying that I should they should find a bunch of them and combine them, and then use that matter to make mm-hmm. a bunch of like, yeah, so maybe I'll make some of those. Maybe like four... Kind of like a Horseman of the the Apocalypse or something like that. Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. That does fit into your Fibonacci numbers. Oh, boy. Wait, no, wait. I think it doesn't. Yeah, It's like like 0, 1, 1, 3. Yeah, it's 1, 1, 2, 3, 5. then. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Or 4 and (laughs) 1's dead. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. It's always the excuse. 1's dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's the twist, because you get to reveal it later on, where you're like, oh man, There was Radical. another. <laughs> All right. Uh, right? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I think that's uh, our podcast.
2: But again, All I right. worked
0: seven days, so I'm already in the tomb.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, I yeah, I'm in there too. our mom has listened to our last um, season of the the first Tombertome Tome season we did, and she she actually asked me. She's like, I thought you said you weren't going to do one this year. And me staring at my 8,000 words, I'm like, you know what? I was right. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I, I just really did not want to do it. Oh. The only thing you want to do anymore is word sprints. Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're fought. It's because that,
0: that gets me to write. Yeah. <laughs> Ian's making a face. Nope. Anyway, we're out. <laughs>
1: All right. Well,
0: we're all in the tomb, as Let's per all usual. St- <laughs> Let's scream what we always scream.